A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 68 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode today with another great guest, but first, let's bring on my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, bud? Dude, not much. That's a, a big intro there. You're putting high expectations on me with the 80-grade, like a Wander Franco expectations, but we're here going to talk some baseball and i'm excited and we have a great guest like you mentioned which is going to make for a really good episode absolutely and even though i, I put those high expectations on you i know you're going to come through and meet you're, you're not you're not going to be a bust you're not going to like no. flail out and not make it you're going to meet those 80 great expectations i just know it i'm going to hit three 330 my rookie year coming up so you know it's going to be a good season rookie of the year and mvp let's do what- it What's the power speed look like, though? You know, 330 is great and all, but what's the power speed? Uh, Probably like 55 power, but 70 speed. So, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to hit 17 bombs and still 35 bags. That's what we're going for. There you go. That's kind of what I think with, with my son. I'm like, if he does, he's he's almost six. And I'm like, he's kind of on, on the, a little bit on the smaller side, but he's really, really fast. I'm like, all right, I don't think middle of the order bopper is in your future if you play <laughs> baseball. More like speedy leadoff, like Cor- maybe a Corbin Carroll type. There you that's, go. That's like... That's- Take I'm lefty, Carroll, that's my it, profile. Yeah, and he it, for every time we go out in the yard, he always goes lefty. I'm like, all right, I can work with this. All right. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, think of Corbin Carroll as a six-year-old. That's my son, just yeah. without the context skills yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, my, my 5'9", 155 frame isn't going to eclipse 20 home runs, I don't think, but, you know, we're here. At least you're not like Yandy Diaz. At least you got, yeah. you got some pop, right? You yeah. That context skills. Oh, yeah. 15, Yandy 17 Dye, home run. Yeah. Yandy Diaz looks like he should hit like 35, 40 bombs, but just doesn't. Very annoying. But uh, like Chris mentioned, we have a great guest. You can find his work at Royals Farm Report and over at Prospects Live, where he covers both prospects and the mental side of baseball, which is phenomenal. Someone that has built a name for himself already and with his great content and just being an all-around good guy. Jared Perkins joins us today in the tool shed. Jared, thanks for coming on. How are you? 
Good, good. I'm doing great. Uh, it's great to join you guys and excited to be here to talk some prospects. Got off of a long work day, so it'll be it'll be nice. Just dive into something fun. For sure. Absolutely. No better way to end the day, right? No. We're taking we're taking a little bit of a break from uh, all the hot stove news. Now, when you're listening, we're actually recording this on Wednesday the first at night, uh, but not releasing it until Monday. Uh, but at this point, we're already what a few days into the lockout, unless something happens in the next three hours here, which it won't. But uh, yeah, it's a nice little break. Get back into some prospects here. We're doing a prospect buy sell episode here. Not necessarily buy low, sell high, but just you know, guys that we're looking to either go out and get in dynasty leagues if we don't have them, or guys that if we do have them, maybe we're looking to sell them. Uh, some of these will fall into the buy low, sell high category, but not all of them. Just some intriguing names right now trending one way or another in Dynasty League. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into the show, the usual housekeeping here, you can find us on Twitter. Jared is at JaredCP1. Chris is at RotoClegg. I am at EricCross04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I. And, of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our other podcasts, SB Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Fantasy Football POV. Let's get right into it now. We're going to go kind of position by position here. We'll start with the buy. We'll start with something positive. Start with the prospects to buy right now. We're each going to give you one catcher, one middle, middle infielder, one corner infielder, one outfielder, one pitcher, and then do the same thing after the break with prospects to sell. Let's start with our guest here, Jared. Who is the catcher you're looking to buy right now in Dynasty Leagues? Yeah, so this was a hard one um, just because there's so many catchers out there that are starting to kind of pop off the list. Um, But I kind of went with someone who's pretty much under the radar, and Brian Lavastida, I think is how you pronounce it, for the the Cleveland now Guardians. Um, Just with looking at what the Guardians did this offseason, Roberto Perez signed with the Pirates. They got Sandy Leone and Austin Hedges behind the plate. Um, He's a guy who kind of showed some good offensive uh, uh, potential. He hit slash 289, 380, 456, hit close to double-digit bombs, and had a strikeout rate around 23.5%. So I think he's a guy who could really just start moving up the radar. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's a guy that still um, kind of just got onto the radar really kind of this yeah. year. So it's a guy you could probably still get for a, a very reasonable price tag, you know, when everyone else is going after all the all the big names. And there's a lot of big names out there. Catcher, like we were saying before we came on, I have, uh, I think, eight or nine inside my top 100. So it's catch, the catching prospect landscape is probably better than it's ever been right now. And Lavacita is probably a guy that can kind of fly under the radar still. So, yeah, great target there. Chris, who's your guy at catcher? Yeah, so I'm going to stick over here in Atlanta with my Braves organization and go with Shea Langoliers, who really popped off with the bat this year. He was always a glove-first guy, one of the best pop times in the minors, great at throwing out runners, as you would assume, with that pop time. And he just really developed with the bat, which I think people thought he would. Like, he showed a little bit of pop at Baylor his junior or sophomore and junior year and hitting 11 home runs and then 10 the next season. Solid hit tool. And the power wasn't really there in 2019. We didn't see him in 2020, obviously, because of the shutdown. And then he came back this year and hit 22 home runs over just 384 plate appearances, hit 256. So, yeah, not great average, but the power really developed. I think that was a huge thing. He's going to get plenty of reps in Atlanta, probably not this year, but in 2023 I'd expect him to take over probably the bulk share behind the plate. 
as we look, I mean, they've re-signed D'Arno and have Manny Pena as well, but those guys, I don't really see them as long-term solution. And Shea is that guy because he's elite behind the plate. And the bat's coming around, so I think you can still get them fairly cheap right now because people haven't called up to where his fantasy value is. And it wouldn't surprise me. We've seen a lot of catchers on the rise, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him in the top 100 after if he has a strong 2022. So looking to buy him now in Dynasty Leagues before his value takes off. That's another great one. I will go to my dreaded rival, the New York Yankees, go Austin Wells. He's a guy, I've talked about him a bit before, but I think he's just still a great buy right now. Even though he is a top 100 prospect, but for the most part, I see him more like the back end of the top 100. And I think he, like, long term, I think this guy could really be just as good as some of the guys that are, like, way up there in the top 40. Guys like Tyler Soderstrom, Gabriel Moreno, Francisco Alvarez. I think he could be just as good as them. And, you know, when I watch Austin Wells, look at the profile, dig into, you know, the stats and whatnot, I see, this is something I kind of thought of the other day, a little bit like Will Smith in in the profile here. I think he could be that type of fantasy uh, contributor down the road. You know, above average hit tool, above average the plus power, lefty power, Yankee Stadium, yes, please. Uh, Had a WOBA above 374 at both levels this year. WRC Plus was above 130 at both levels. 15.1% 15.1% walk rate overall impressed out in the AFL as well. 344, 456, 578 slash couple home runs and a steal in 18 games. And that's kind of a, one underrated aspect of his game too. Like we talk about the hit tool and the power that he has, which I said are both probably, probably both above average long-term, just a little bit of speed here too. Uh, maybe, you know, not a lot, but maybe he's got, it can give you like five to eight steals, which is very valuable coming from the catcher position here. And obviously the Yankees don't really have a long-term option right now. Gary Sanchez, obviously we know has not panned out over the last couple of years. So I don't, I don't see him like holding on to that catcher role long-term. So Wells is probably the guy that takes over there. Love this bat. Yeah. Like I said lefty bat in Yankee stadium. So I think he's a guy that is just as good or at least very, very close to those elite guys. Not, not Adley Richman, but that second tier, but I think he's still got this another tier down in terms of price, t- you know, the price tag in dynasty league. So Definitely one I would be looking to buy right now. I'm trying to get him in all my dynasty leagues if I don't have him already. I do have a few shares of him, but wanting more. Moving over, just go to the middle infield now. Uh, Jared, who's the middle infield you're looking to buy? Yeah, so this is more kind of like a, a buy low. because There's a tendency when these guys come up and they struggle a little bit. Uh, everybody's like quick to sell. And Vital Bruhan's one that I kind of had my eye on after he kind of didn't pan out in his first cup of tea in the big leagues but he's such a dynamic talent i mean like he's got the speed that uh, it's super plus and he's just starting to develop power where he hit double digit home runs this year um and i feel like if he's a guy that can start and make find a way to make it click in the big leagues in terms of his hit tool he's got that all-star ceiling and so he's a guy that i'm trying to get on a buy low um potentially stash on my roster and see if the rays open up some room for him to kind of get some consistent at-bats Man, I hope they do. I, I've always been a big Bruhan guy, and yeah, that power is the X factor, right? Because yeah. without the power, like to, you know, if, if he's you know only a five to eight home run guy, like what's the difference between him and like Xavier Edwards? Like mm-hmm. good hit tools, good speed, but that power is like the difference. Like obviously Edwards does not have that power. Bruhan, I think, has the potential to, and he's one that I, th- I thought could tick up in power this year. And started out the year, yeah, he had like what seven home runs in May or something like that. Yeah, then only two of the next three months combined. So. Kind of very up and down power wise, but yeah, even even just ten home runs, it's gonna be ten to fifteen. You mm-hmm. go like you know the high average, high OBP speed. I would love that, but yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you think he? Do you think he fits in 
center field long term? You think it's second? Maybe it's the race, so maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I could see the Rays using him as kind of like a super utility type guy because this is his ability to play all over the field as well. And they're just always loaded with talent. So it's just like trying to find an opening for him, which can be the tough part. Yeah, that's the Rays. And, and I want him, I want him playing. I want Josh Lowe playing. Um, yeah. Give these guys some playing time. Maybe uh, maybe that ends up happening not in Tampa Bay. Who knows? But, yeah, definitely a great pick there. Chris, who you got? I'm going with the guy that I still thinks fairly under the radar in the Yankees system. He was kind of overshadowed by Oswald Peraza, and this is Oswaldo Cabrera, who was between double and triple A this season. He bumped up triple A at the end of the season because of the – extended time and he absolutely raked this year he had 29 bombs hit 272 with a 330 obp highly impressive in my opinion and kind of came out of nowhere to an extent and that's shouldn't be a surprise especially with the the layoff we saw last year i think a lot this is the type of prospect that you jump on and you believe in because worst case if they struggle then you just drop them but we have to be on these breakouts that we saw this year and believe in them because if you don't, then you're going to completely miss the boat if they do hit. And Cabrera fits this mold for me. He had a very solid season. He even dominated when he bumped up to AAA, hit five home runs over just nine games there. So he was just raking. Uh, brings a, some speed to the table as well. He had 20 stolen bases, actually 21 combined between both levels. So pretty impressive there as well. There are some strikeouts, but not a concerning level. And I just don't think the value's really caught up with Cabrera, who plays all over the infield. So this last year he played second, third, and short a significant amount. So he can play all over the diamond. I know the Yankees are prone to go out and just buy players, but this is the type of player that if they do have a hole or they have an injury, he could bump up and be a solid contributor for you pretty soon. So Oswaldo Cabrera is the buy there. I want to know what's in the water with the Yankees middle infield. What are they? What's in the food in the water they're giving the Yankees middle infield prospects like Volpe this year, uh, Peraza, Cabrera? It's like all the middle infielders are breaking out except for Alexander Vargas, but I think he still has the potential too. But uh, yeah, definitely like Cabrera as well. I'm gonna go down to Philly to a guy that Chris and I saw out in the Arizona Fall League, who was one of the top contributors out there. Probably was one of the I think five best hitters this year. A guy that I know our good friend Chris Welsh is just in love with. That's Bryson Stott from the Phillies. You know, he often gets, you know, he gets some pub. Obviously, he's a top 100 prospect basically everywhere you look, but he often gets undervalued a bit. As this, this is no standout tools here. He doesn't have huge power, huge speed, doesn't have the Wander Franco hit tool, though, who does? But just does everything well. He literally just could be a 55 hit, 55 power, 55 speed type of guy. This year, between three different levels, got up to AAA into the year. 299, 390, 486, 16 home runs, 10 steals. Like I said, did, fared very well out in the AFL. Two home runs, five steals in 26 games. Had almost double as many walks and strikeouts, though. It was the Arizona Fall League. Like Chris and I were at two different games. and had 20, was it 22 walks in those games, Chris, or something like that? Yeah, 22. And, yeah. And one of them didn't make it past seven innings because the team ran out of pitchers. Which is <laughs> that, I've that, never that, never that, seen that. before. <laughs> never seen that before ever. Like any level. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was crazy. But so don't take you know the double as many walks and strikeouts. Take that with a grain of salt. But he's got a great approach. So uh, I think this is gonna be a guy like look at his profile. He looks just perfectly suited for the number two spot in the lineup. Like I said, above average contact skills, thirteen point three percent walk rate as well. Keeps the K's in check. 
I think he could be a guy that, you know, is upper teens. Like he could flirt with 2020 or at least be above 15, both power and speed. And, you know, if they do put a number two, that's right in front of Bryce Harper. So that's a very intriguing uh, spot for Stott. That could could be something that happens later this year, too. He's not that far off. Um, So, yeah, I think he's going to be a good average, better OBP, ton of runs scored, decent enough power and speed. Just a very sneaky, good fantasy player. So Bryce Stott is the guy I'm looking to buy right now in Dynasty Leagues. Let's go over to the corner infield. Jared, who you got? So the one that I'm targeting and trying to get by low before he takes off is Vinny Pasquatino from the Kansas City Royals. Um, all the eyes have been kind of as have been on Nick Prado, um, who's been rightfully so as he's probably the best first base prospect in the organization in terms of defense and things like that. But it's hard to overlook what Pasquatino did between the levels uh, high and double A this year. He had 24 home runs with 84 RBIs and a 957 OPS. But one thing that really stuck out to me was that he had the same amount of walks as strikeouts. So 64 walks, 64 strikeouts, and that led to 12.5% for each category. And so when you see those numbers, when you see a guy that's walking as many times as he strikes out, I mean, that's a guy I'm buying as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to love that. How, how do you think that whole situation kind of pans out with, with Prado and Pasquatino? It, it's hard. I Prado's definitely the better defender. Prado's got a gold glove defense um, written all over him, and I think he's the guy who's going to wind up sticking at first base. Um, if the Royals start to compete, they could potentially use Pasquatino as a, some kind of trade piece, and like they did when they tried to get James Shields and Wade Davis. Um, but there's always an opportunity for him to stick in as a DH. I don't see him potentially moving to a corner outfield spot. There, I've seen some chatter around that, but I don't think yeah. he's ever even played corner outfield. So I don't, I don't think he has either. I have heard from some people in the organization, or like I've heard that some people in the organization actually prefer Pasquantino to Prado, which is interesting. Really? Yeah. I can so see hit wise. I think Pasquatino is a better hitter. Definitely. Yeah, I, I just overall, he's just, uh, it, it's his hit tool is better than Prado's. Prado strikes out at a higher clip. Prado's definitely got the power um, on Pasquatino, but I think, I think you're right. Pasquatino is definitely the, the better overall hitter. Yeah, for sure. But and even if like, if you look at the hit tool and power as a combination, like overall, they're pretty close. Like it's a yeah. Prado, more power, Pasquatino, better hitter, but, you know, he's got, Pasquantino's got some solid power in his own right, too. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how he fits in. Or, he, yeah, he might get straight of the way. Um, it's just funny with the Royals. It was like 2019 for their hitting prospects. Everything went wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> Prado went wrong. Melendez went wrong. Matias went wrong. And now this year, like, they all got right. Like, everybody's, like, on the, on the up and up now. So, yeah, definitely a lot of intriguing names here in the Royal system. Uh, Chris, who you got for corner and field? Yep, so this guy is a player that everyone knows that I love and been on him for a while. Talked about him a year ago this time as a breakout, and he absolutely broke out. So I'm sticking to my guns because I don't think the value is caught up here. Him as my number 32 overall prospect, which is probably a significant amount higher than most people. But that's Jan Kenzie Noel in the – almost saying Indians, the Guardians organization. It's going to take me a while to get used to saying that. <laughs> it's It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. But all he does is just hit. He continued to mash baseballs this year. Went from low A to high A. Absolutely performed. Hit 340 over 290 plate appearances. Hit 19 bombs. He's just a pure hitter with pure power. He's like your prototypical first baseman. He's at 6'1", 180. But he's got just massive power. He kind of, the setup kind of reminds me of Eloy a little bit. And just the way he's hunched over, the way he gets to the ball. 
but he makes elite contact. The contact rates are incredible. The power's absolutely there. The only concern there is just the plate discipline. He doesn't walk at a high clip, but I think that can be – it actually did improve this year, so I would expect that maybe he continues on that trend moving forward. He's still young. was just 19 this year. So I'm extremely excited about Noel. I think from a hit power standpoint, one of the best there is. And so that's a pretty high praise there. I mean, over 1,000 OPS – I just like the well-rounded profile that's really going to play. And, you know, especially at like first base prospect wise is, is pretty weak. And I think that he really stands out. I think, I think the value is going to catch up. So I would go out and get him now. That's just, just my thoughts there. Couldn't agree more. And it's funny, like yeah, catching prospect landscape right now is so much sexier than first base. Yep. Like first base, you got like the couple guys that stand out. And obviously we, you know, a lot of the guys, will shift over there third, you know, from third base or whatever. So some guys will, you know, be added to the mix eventually down the road. But yeah, right now it's just like a couple of CNL guys and Noel is definitely one of them. I love you. Kenzie Noel. Uh, they, you, you have him a little bit higher than I do, but he's definitely like pushing top 50 for me as well. So great pick. And speaking of a guy that all he does is hit my corner infielder, Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers. The dude is just a hitting machine. He's a th- in 297 games so far between 2018, 2019, and 2021. 316 career hitter. Hasn't hit below 308. Hit 330 in 2018, 308 in 2019, 319 in 2021. But really didn't get the huge bump up prospect rankings until this year because this is the year the power came along. He had nine home runs combined in 177 games before the 2020 kind of shutdown. And at 23 this year, uh, between high A and double A in 120 games, you know, dr- putting the ball in the air more consistently was a huge thing for him. He was between um, the fly ball rate was under 40 percent in both 2018 and 2019, and this year 54.9 percent fly ball rate at high A, 44.6 at double A. So d- driving ball in the air more consistently was huge for him. I think he's 60 hit, 60 raw power, and finally that game power is, is catching up can add a little bit of speed as well. He has 31 steals in, in 297 games. I think he could be like a 5 to 10 steal guy as well. Great approach. You know, walk rate is solid, 9.3% for his career. 15.6% K rate just does not strike out that much at all. I think he's the heir apparent. I used to think the heir apparent was Cody Hosey, who I still think could bounce back. But right now it's going to be Vargas. Justin Turner is 37 years old, signed through the, this upcoming year, team option for 2023. So, I could definitely see Vargas taking over there, or maybe even going over to first base. We'll see how you know Max Muncy's got an elbow issues here. See if that turns into something you know that requires surgery. So you could see Vargas up, you know, maybe later this year if they're looking if Muncy's hurt and they're looking for a corner infielder or a guy that could play first base. Vargas might be the guy. So I love him in dynasty leagues. I think he's still undervalued. I think he's you know just as good as some like a Josh Young guys that are going up there. You know, top twenty five now. I think he's just as good. Uh, that you can get for cheaper than that. So great buy right now, Miguel Vargas. Let's head out to the outfield right now. And Jared, you've got one of my Boston Red Sox here. Yeah. So this is kind of another buy low opportunity, I think. He's just like Vital Brion, came up to the big league, struggled, striking out close to 36% of the time. But again, small sample size. Um, and he's just, he's kind of almost like Bryson Stott. He doesn't have a big, huge carrying tool, but he's kind of like a some of the parts guy. Um, he's got all above average tools, um, terrific athlete, uh, and he's splash plus power or uh, double digit power, double digit steel ability. 
Um, so I think it's going to be come down to whether uh, the skill set approves in terms of the hit tool. And but he has the opportunity to be that impact bat at the top of the order. And it's just again, it's got comes down to the hit tool and him being able to adjust to major league pitching. But he's a guy I think that could really uh, be a nice buy low if you wanted to add some depth to your team. Yeah, with Duran, I think he needs to find that like happy medium, right? Because yeah, he's the guy that came up and you know even the guy that was in AAA this year and then came up in Boston, very very different from the guy I saw live in AA back in twenty in uh, May June twenty nineteen, where he was like, all right, good hit to a good speed, power was lagging behind. Now it's like hit tool has gone down. He hasn't been running as much. Power's gone up. But yeah, I think he needs to find the happy medium, but definitely still like, you know, like some of the parts, like he could be a, definitely a solid regular at the major league level, but I don't know where he fits in either. Like this year, he's kind of blocked. Like they still have three yeah. solid outfielders out there, uh, especially if they put Hernandez in center field. We'll see how that kind of center field, second base situation pans out in Boston. But yeah, definitely and still a very intriguing profile in Duran. So it's a great pick there. Chris, who do you got? So this is an interesting one that I'm, I even kind of waver on to an extent, but I think is a, a really good buy, and that's Christian Robinson, who was once like a top 10 prospect. We know he's dealt with some legal issues of assaulting a cop. That's obviously caused some issues. He's been out for some time, hasn't played in a game since 2019, but the power-speed combo with Robinson is, is pretty legit. The Diamondbacks put him on the 40-man roster, which is certainly encouraging, he has to work through some probation stuff, but he could be back before long. And even if he does miss some time this year, like his value is just at an all-time low. And the a prospect this caliber that you can get for as cheap as you probably can, I don't know. I, I find it kind of intriguing to take a shot on him because he's going to have his charge dropped to a misdemeanor. So it basically will make it easier for him to get a, a work visa to get back into the States and get back on the field. And so it's a strong possibility that this does happen. Um, the ruling, I don't know. I'm still, I'm trying to read and understand exactly the ruling that took place back in August. But I know for a fact that if the Diamondbacks probably wouldn't have protected him on the 40 man, if they didn't think he was going to be back soon, I just don't see them doing that. So yeah, I, it would have been a waste of a roster spot. I know that his plea agreement includes 150 hours community service. He can do that this offseason, get back on the field. I mean, he's a tremendous hard worker. I think he's pushed past what he's what he did in the past. He made a mistake. He's he's acknowledged it. So, yeah, I think that he gets back out there and gets back to those high prospect levels, and you can get him for dirt cheap right now. So I think it's worth a shot acquiring him, buying low on him. Yeah, why not? Like, like you yeah. said – it won't take much at all to get him right now. And people forget this is a guy that a lot of us, myself included, I had him in my top 10. I think he peaked at like eight or nine range for me back in you know, that 2018, 2019 range. So yeah, the upside is still very high. So if, if it doesn't work out, I don't think you're going to give up anybody that you're going to be kicking yourself, no. you know, about losing the, you know, a couple years down the road. So, but if it, and if it does work out, Huge, yeah. huge steal. Yeah, you can get him for like a top, like a borderline top two fifty prospect right now. Yeah. So like, why, why not? Yeah, for for a guy that I think maybe you know not goes back to top ten level, but he could be. You know, would you be shocked if you know, let's say we're talking next year around this time, and he's back at that top fifty? I won't be shocked about no, that. Not at all. The power no. speed combo is so good. Yeah, definitely, definitely a great pick. I'd be looking to get him anywhere I could. Uh, my guy here is someone that. 
had a very tumultuous season. It was kind of like the tale of two seasons. Only played 64 games total. Had an injury middle of the season. But in high A, Garrett Mitchell, 359, 508, 620 slash line and 120 plate appearances. Like 508 uh, OBP. What's, what, what is he, one Soto? No, he's obviously not. Nobody's one Soto. He's Soto's the GOAT. But then he went up to double A, Biloxi. And really, really struggled. 186, 291, 264 slash line, and 148 plate appearances. But did have three home runs and five steals and a walk rate of 12.2%. That's kind of the thing. It's, people were, and I was you know, higher than probably anybody else. I think I had him uh, right around top 10 at one point. Maybe we overvalued him a bit. Yes, we actually we did definitely overvalue him a little bit. But this is still a guy where... You look at the overall, you know, season in his down showing. Still had a 388 OBP and a 650 plate appearance pace that was pretty damn close to 2040. So, yes, there were some issues, uh, strikeout issues, contact issues at Double A, but that's really the first time he's ever shown those types of issues. You know, he didn't show that at UCLA. Didn't show that obviously in uh, High A. So, yeah, some stuff to work on. Still has the hitch in his swing with his hips. Maybe he's a you know, raw power over game power type of guy. But still, I think there's a very intriguing fantasy skill set here. And he's bumped way down a lot of people's rankings. So he's definitely a guy I'm looking to target right now. So I'm still pretty high on him. So you can get him for a pretty reasonable price tag compared to what he can bring to the table right now. So yeah, Garrett Mitchell is my outfielder to buy. Let's go over to the pitching set of things now. Jared, who you got? Going with uh, Cleveland Guardians. Uh, they are loaded with pitching prospects all the time, it seems like. And another one is the left-hander, uh, Logan Allen. Uh, he was able to strike out 143 batters in 111.1 innings, and he sported a solid 6% walk rate while doing that. Um, he's a guy that's he's taken off a lot of prospect boards. I could see him potentially pushing top 100 at some point. Um, but he's, he's a guy that's not going to overpower you with his fastball. He's more of he needs, but he's got elite command. And so that's kind of where he makes up for it. Um, and he's got a solid off speed pitches to offset, um, not having that velocity. So he's a guy that, and those are the kind of guys that have that success in Cleveland. They're never usually the high powered arms. They're the ones that have spot on command. Um, so he's one I'm definitely targeting. And for everybody listening, that's Logan T. Allen, not Logan S. Allen, <laughs> the the older one. That's not, you know, it's still a decent arm, but not quite as good. Uh, it's apparently, every, Cleveland just loves guys named Logan Allen. Change your name to Logan Allen, you will get drafted or acquired <laughs> by the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Chris, who's your guy? It's DJ Hers with the Cubs organization. Mm. Hers, man, he was incredible this year. Just absolutely dominated in low A. Myrtle Beach. He jumped up to high eight at the end of the year. Pitched even better. I mean, just 81 innings on the year. And had a 3-3-1 ERA. They're one of the highest strikeout rates in the minor leagues. And he may have had the highest strikeout rate in the minor leagues. I'm not sure, but he was right there in the mix. I mean, he struck out 131 batters in 81 innings, which was insanity. He does have a little bit of a walk issue, but it did trend downward, What, which is encouraging. And hopefully we can see that continue to improve. I think that he commands his pitches pretty well. He just struggles a little bit with control. He gets Aaron at times, especially when his fastball gets up because it can get up to like 99. He tries to paint the corners with it, just misses sometimes. That spike curveball, as he describes it, is just absolutely nasty. Change up his plus, very deceptive there. 
and his mechanics. He got that thing. That was a major thing this year that he worked on in the shutdown. And I read an interview where he talked about this, where he spent a ton of time working on his mechanics to be more consistent. And I think we saw that. And that's why the production came to what it did. Like I said, the walk rate is a little bit concerning. There's some bullpen risk because of that. But if he works that out, he could be absolutely dominant, could easily bump up into the top 100 overall prospects as he's already a top 150 guy for me, could continue to move up if he continues to perform moving up the system next year. So hers is one that I'm highly excited about. I would encourage you to go out and get him in your dynasty league. I I think I have him ranked ahead of Braylon Marquez right now, which would oh, is yeah. in that system easily. Yeah, it's not even would, close. Yeah, which is kind of yeah. funny. It's like you go back a year ago, people would have been like, you know, like if you told people like, hey, in a year from now, I'm gonna be ranked. Uh, DJ Hers would be ranked higher than Braylon Marquez. <laughs> people would have, people would have probably looked at you funny, but yeah. yeah, definitely now Marquez. We don't even know what he's gonna do anymore. He hasn't pitched <laughs> in forever. Uh, he's kind of just been like MIA. Like where in the world is uh, Braylon Marquez? But, yeah, hers is a great one. Love the stuff. So would love to see that command and control tick up because he'd be a very dangerous arm if that happens. I'm going to go back to the Cleveland Guardians here. And, God, I just love. And I'm going to be making a huge, huge jump up my prospect rankings with this guy. Uh, my rankings will be out uh, when you're listening to this this week, uh, probably in a couple of days from when you listen to this. So be on the lookout for that. But he's going to make a big jump, and that's Peyton Battenfield. I won't give away the exact rank, but let's just say he's no longer got three digits in this rank. It's two digits now. Love Peyton Battenfield. You know, he, he's a little, he was a little older. He was 23 this year. He's 24 now. He was a ninth round pick. He didn't have like the high draft slot. He's probably been a, a touch older than, you know, we, you know, got usual breakout guys. But this year, between uh, high A and double A, both in Tampa Bay and the Cleveland organizations, uh, pitched 103 innings, 253 ERA. 0.83 whip, 4.8% walk rate, 32.9% K rate. That 21.8 K minus walk rate is absolutely phenomenal. He's got a starter's build, 6'4, 225. Very strong frame, especially in his legs. He's very strong frame throughout. Doesn't really have like that one huge dominant pitch, but really, really good four pitch mix. He's got a loaded bit 90s fastball, uh, which has great metrics on it. Cutter, curveball, changeup, all four can miss bats. I think all four could be at least 50s, maybe 55s on most of those, especially the uh, the fastball cutter and the curveball. So, uh, again, above average to plus command and control guy. He's another one of those guys that Cleveland just really targets and really can just maximize the value. So and I'm, I'm all in on Battenfield. I think he could be a, a high-end, you know, mid-rotation starter, like high-end number three. You know, good strikeout rates, low walk rate, good you know, good ratios. Now, this is just a guy that thrives in Cleveland. So, uh, outside of Espino, he's my favorite arm in the entire organization. So, Battenfield is 100% a great buy right now. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and get into our cells. So, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Fantrax Toolshed right after this.
Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's get into our cells now. We'll go back to the catcher position. Jared, who you got? Yeah, so the first one, it's not so much of a sell based on talent. It's just it based on potential for playing time. The Padres just acquired uh, Jorge Alfaro, which now puts the um, Luis Camposano behind Austin Nola, Victor Carantini, and Jorge Alfaro. Um, so he's still only 23 years old, and the, you watch – the bat in the minor leagues and he looks like he could be a potentially stud catcher, but I just has a lot of concerns with his opportunity for playing time. And I'm wondering if it, that says something about what the Padres feel about him as well, because they went out and acquired Alfaro. Yeah, that's a, I, I don't have like one player. I was going to pick here. Like I was going to go Capizano and, and this, the guy that Chris picked too. So yeah, Capizano, I think, I did kind of question how much power he would tap into as well. Like he's a great hitter. Like yeah. he's, we got a hit for high average, but maybe he got it. So only like, you know, 12 to 15 home runs. And like you said, a guy that doesn't really have a clear path. He didn't have a clear path before they acquired Jorge Alfaro. Now it's even more cloudy. Maybe he's dealt. Who knows? We know uh, Preller likes to wheel and deal. So maybe he, he gets dealt out of town. Who knows? But yeah, definitely a good pick there. As is Chris's pick here, who is a guy that really broke up this year in 2021. Yeah, and I'm not picking this player because I dislike him, but I'm picking him because I think he's a good sell high value. And MJ Melendez hit 41 home runs last year in the minors at 288 with a 386 OBP. Just absolutely dominant. I think the biggest question mark is the Royals have Sal Perez locked up for a long time to come through 2026. So it's like, where does he play first off? And yes, I assume Sal isn't going to be catching you know, at age 36, he could be, I mean, he's, he's really good behind the plate. So you already think that he's going to be splitting duties there and you could move one of these guys potentially to first base, but we talked about several other of these players in Pasquantino and Nick Prado. So where does he fit in? And I think that's the biggest question mark for me. And two, when a player has this kind of season, there's so much hype. And I just think that the value is probably at peak, which is, the best time to sell a prospect. So when you find the peak value of a prospect, you sell them, you cash out and you move on. Catchers are volatile. I'd be fine selling MJ Melendez. Cause I think you could probably get a top 50 prospect back. And I'm more than willing to do that if, if you can. So yeah, it's not that I dislike Melendez. I think that the value is just at all time high. hundred percent agree. This might be the highest this value ever is. Like I said, I don't really have one. These, these are the two I kind of thought of. So I'll just kind of piggyback and say, I agree with both of these, especially uh, Melendez. He's a uh, guy I was probably leaning towards going with more so because I don't believe in him quite as much as I believe in all the other elite catchers out there. So I still like him. Like I said, I'm not saying he's bad. I do believe in a lot of the stuff that he did this year. But, yeah, not sure how, how he fits in long term. And I said, I just don't believe in him quite as much. I think the floor is a little lower with Melendez than it is with, like, Moreno or Francisco Alvarez or guys like that. So uh, definitely a good time to sell Melendez in Dynasty Leagues if you have him. Moving to the middle infield now, Jared, who's your sell there? 
Yeah, so this is more of a, again, this is a sell high, kind of like what Chris talked about with the prospect helium. Uh, I looked at Christian Hernandez from the Chicago Cubs, um, mainly because of the fact if you're in a win-now mode, Christian Hernandez is 17 years old. This yeah. is an opportunity <laughs> to probably sell him pretty high. I mean, everybody was calling him the potentially the next A-Rod coming out of the, the international signing. He's got a great speed. He's got great patience at the plate, but he's only played in the DSL and, again, hasn't come stateside yet. So this was one I could probably regret down the road telling this sell high. But if you're in a win now mode and you can get maybe a top 100 player for Christian Hernandez, I'd probably make that move. I would too. Yeah, it's it's. I like Hernandez a lot. I think he like this guy could be a guy we're talking about as a top 25 prospect down the road. I think he's a, that type of potential with the bat. But like you mentioned, he's 17. He's four or five years away from the major league so yeah who knows like this he, he could get up to the you know a ball you know low a next next year and just really struggle you never know with these types of guys and that's why i don't like doing comps anymore people always ask me like hey, who's the comp on this guy who's the comp on that guy i hate comps first off i suck at comps second off yeah. they're always way too lofty like <laughs> the, you know jason the main guys like oh bo jackson mike trout I'm like come on can we can we stop with that calling christian hernandez the next a rod and i don't like a rod uh, obviously, he was a Yankee, you know, all the stuff he did, never liked A-Rod. But this is a guy that was one of the best hitters of all time. <laughs> I think he's, what, seventh, sixth or seventh or fifth on the all-time home run list. Yeah, granted, obviously, he took a little bit of a, you know, little shots there to get some of those home runs. I could poke fun <laughs> at that. But still, like, A-Rod was phenomenal. Hernandez was 17. Let's just calm down with these comps. Uh, they're getting out of control these days. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, definitely a good a good one there, Jared. Chris, who's your guy? Yep, so I'm going with a player that we saw in the AFL, and that's Pedro Leon. I, Leon was my favorite in the international class last year. I still do believe in the talent to an extent. And he did deal with injuries this year. I mean, multiple finger injuries, which is interesting. He had a finger sprain, kept him out early in the year. And then he fractured his finger later, so that uh, obviously set him back. I don't know what the deal is with his fingers, but not not good there to, to stay injured there. And he showed flashes of, of being solid. I think there's good power speed potential here. But with what I saw in the AFL, I just wasn't overly impressed. And you know, I don't know if either of us were, but I don't know. There was something about it that just wasn't clicking. And maybe it's just he needs some time to come back from – the injury because I mean he just he just returned in September and he didn't have a great fall league by any means. I mean he did hit 257, which is, is fine. It's okay, but not great considering the quality of pitching. He was a guy that that you expected to put up solid numbers. I think that I think many assumed that this was like he's like the heir apparent to Carlos Correa in Houston. Like he was going to take over a shortstop next year. And and I just don't think he's ready. I think that they go to Jeremy Pena before him. And I think there needs to be some more seasoning here, especially in the minors. So I think he's going to see some more time in AAA. And here's the thing. If, if he comes up and struggles, then the value is just going to tank. And there's still some people that are really high on Leon. So I think you can cash out. There's a lot of name value here. So I just cash out and we'll get what you can for him right now. Because I think that – I do think there's some struggles that are on the way, especially in, if he does get promoted. So when that happens, the, val- the dynasty value just tanks so much. That's – Kind of why I'm encouraging you to sell now while you still can, I think. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. And I still like Leon, but just from a, a dynasty value standpoint, I think it's a good time to sell him. Yeah, he's he's really intriguing. Like, obviously, that power speed is there. He made some improvements, you know, 
in uh, June and July this year after having that really terrible May. But yeah, I, I do have those similar concerns with the hit tool, with the approach. I think the walk rate will be fine, but I think this will be a higher strikeout rate. Maybe he's only a 240 or so hitter. It's, I think that's definitely possible. And that might, you know, limit the power speed that he's able to bring to the table. So yeah, definitely could be a good time to sell high right now on him. I am going to go to the Toronto Blue Jays system. Jordan Groshans, this is the guy I saw several times uh, this past year. And with him, it's it's the power, I question. Like, he's a good, pure, uh, just a good, pure hitter. Like, this is a guy, that he's, th- he's hit 300 so far through basically a full season worth of at-bats in the minor leagues. Above average. I, wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd say plus hit tool, but at least above average for sure. Puts the bat on the ball. But I just don't think there's as much power there as people want to believe there is. I think people think he's a 25 homer bat. I did as well at one point, but after seeing him several times, there's just the swing is kind of flat. It's very linear through the zone. It's not a lot of loft there. Uh, he did have a, around a 40% fly ball rate, but he's more of like a line drive gap to gap type of guy. I think he's more of like a 15 to 18 homer type, not the 25 homer type. And with him, because he even though he does have average speed, he just hasn't shown any willingness to run. He has one steal. In, this, in the minor league career, one steal, which was in 2019, uh, through his first 146 games. So that's not going to be an aspect of his game for fantasy. So he's going to need to really produce at the plate, and I think there will be a solid average. And, you know, I said 15 to 18 home runs is no slouch, but I just think he's being valued as like a top 40, top 50 guy. And I think he's more like back-end top 100 with the, this profile. So I think this is a great time to sell high while his value is still pretty high uh, in Dynasty Leagues. Going over to corner infield, Jared, who you got? Yeah, so I'm going to continue my sell high because they're a teenager theme. Um, I'm going to go with Bla- <laughs> Blaze Jordan on the it's Red It's a theme Sox. here. <laughs> um, so Blaze Jordan coming out of the draft, I mean, his best tool and most likely his carrying tool was his power. Uh, it's projected to be plus power, uh, just kind of do his bat speed, his raw strength, and he's got uh, some loft to his swing as well. Um, so in his first little taste in the minor leagues, he was the hit tool kind of proved to be, um, better than kind of advertised. So I think this is a good time to sell someone like Blaze Jordan, because I think there's still will be questions about his hit tool as he goes up through the minors. Um, and so he's just a guy that I think eventually he's currently listed as a third baseman. He probably shifts over to first due to some of his defensive issues. Um, and I think he's a guy you could get a good return for at this point. So I'd be selling high on Blaze Jordan. Yeah, he's always been in the spotlight for the last several years now. And yeah, I, th- I think people might see the batting average in that small sample size and, th- and think that, oh, the, the hit tool and the approach concerns have been corrected. And maybe they've improved. Yeah. But yeah, definitely still kind of like to be determined there. I'm not like fully buying in. I have moved him, you know, a good amount up my rankings. But yeah, I think that now could be a good time to sell. Like he could fall right back in, you know, and in low A, high A next year and be a 230 hitter with power. That definitely could be an outcome for him. Uh, definitely has some questions there. So good pick there. Chris, who's your guy? I'm going to go with a name that people might not like, and that's Brett Beatty. And that's not to say that he, Brett Beatty's a, a bad player, but Brett Beatty's hype was like at an all-time high. You know, he was probably the most impressive player we saw in the AFL the first week we were there. But he did trend downwards. Every time he hit a ball hard, the video was on Twitter. Everybody was going crazy with it. There's a lot of hype here. And, yes, he posted some good exit velocities. But the strikeouts, 
the pitching was atrocious in the AFL. He had a 30.4% strikeout rate. That's not good at all. Still hit 292, had a 373 OBP. The power, even though he hit some balls hard, he had just a 404 slug. So a lot of singles there, just one home run. But I think people talk about him like he's a top 25 prospect. And he, he's not that. He's he's a top 75 guy for me. So if someone believes in him to the extent that you can get a good return, I would because the way everybody's talking about him, when people see that 110 exit velocity, they're like, oh my gosh, he's so good. But I think it's a prime time to sell just because the hype. And I, I think that that's what you have to look at in a dynasty league. It's like a stock market. When when people are talking about it and hyping these things up, there there's a time to buy and there's a time to sell. And I think you can cash out high here, get you a good return, and get a prospect that maybe is better than Beatty. And based on what the Mets are doing, who knows? They could just go out and buy whoever they want. That's what they're doing. So, you know, where does he play? Where does he fit in this whole puzzle? I don't really know. So I, I like selling high here just because of the hype around him. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. That yeah, That's a good thing you brought up too because – he, while he was spraying a lot of hard contact, you know, we saw a lot of you know, high exit velocities from Beatty out, out shots into the gap, but he was kind of flailing a bit too. So that's definitely a, a good call there. Maybe capitalizing the AFL helium. Uh, my guy is a guy that I've kind of been out on for a while, but you know, this year, you know, I think put me fully out. That's Nolan Jones. He didn't have a terrible year. I mean, you look, he had 13 home runs. 25 doubles, 10 steals, and 99 games at AAA. But I don't know. The average crater down to 238. You know, he'd been you know above 272 each of the last three years before 2020. OBP dropped. You know, the walk rate was still very good, but always had strikeout concerns. Uh, I think there's still some platoon issues there, even though he did improve against lefties this year. I just don't think he's going to be a guy that's, you know, as good – as we once thought back, you know, when he was a top 25, 30 prospect. And he has fallen down rankings a bit already. But the fact that I just don't think the profile, even though the raw power is absolutely there, it's plus or better. I don't I just don't think he's a guy that really translates that consistently in the game power. He could be a 33 homer bat. Maybe he's more like 20 just because of how his profile is overly passive. You know, doesn't get the ball in the ear as much as he probably should. So I don't know. I just don't see a great profile for fantasy. Maybe he's a guy that doesn't play every day. I don't know. I, I just don't think he turns out as good as people think. So um, if I still had Nolan Jones, I don't. I don't think I ever did have him anyway. Uh, I'd be looking to sell if you do have Nolan Jones. Let's go out to – where are we going? To the outfield now. Jared, who you got? Yeah, so I'm going here with uh, Hedbert Perez of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, just this is more because the prospect helium is so high on him, but uh, th- it's for good reason. He's got tools kind of out, out the, it's just crazy how many tools that he has. And there's a lot of room for growth because of his age, but uh, there's still a lot of lot development time left. Um, I'll look at some of his numbers that he had between the ACL and a, he had a 25.8 uh, K percentage in the ACL, but that was only with a 6% walk rate. Then in A, which was, again, less than 10 games, he had closer to a 37% K rate and a 1.5% walk rate. Um, so he's just one – there's a lot of volatility left with his, his age and his profile. But, again, he's got a huge advanced baseball IQ, um, and so the, to, the tools make up for it. But 
a lot of people are putting him, I think, somewhere in their top 25 prospects for the most part. If you can get another top 25 prospect who doesn't have that same kind of volatility or you can go out and get a big league top 50 player um, to help with your dynasty league, I mean, that that would be huge. Yeah, and I am one guy that has had him in my top 25, though I have bumped him down a little bit of late, but definitely one of the riskier top 25 guys uh, that I have right now. So, yeah, I definitely no no disagreements there. I like Hedbert Perez, and like you mentioned, that got a lot of tools, very intriguing tools for fantasy, but I'm not going to argue with you on this one. Definitely some volatility there as well. Chris, who's your guy? Well, it's the guy you said to buy, and that's Garrett Mitchell, who, who I'm selling. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really thought we'd see more power come along. At this point, I wonder if the power comes at all. I mean, he's 23 years old. I, I think he still could add it, but right now he's got to completely overhaul his swing. I mean, his swing is just geared towards ground balls, and he's drilling the ball into the ground. The launch angles aren't good. 64% ground ball rate at high A, and then in double A it was 60.2%. Yeah, I mean, there's an intriguing hit speed blend, I think, I just don't see him really getting to more than 10 home runs at this point because you look and and he, he did hit five home runs in high A, but that was courtesy of a 36% home run to fly ball rate. He doesn't hit the ball in the air all that much. And we saw some flaws when he moved up to double A. Eric mentioned the contact rate concerns and those were concerning just 67% contact rate in high A. And then he bumped to double A and that number was at 68%. So those are pretty poor contact rates. Yes, there's room for improvement, but for someone like Garrett Mitchell, whose calling card should be contact, those kind of throw up some red flags for me. Um, he's actually going to be right outside my top 100 that's already out now. So I don't know. I think that you could sell him. I don't know how far his stock falls, and maybe his stock has fallen to where Eric's right. It may be a good time to buy, but for me, looking at the outfielders, he's kind of a sell for me at this point. You know, it's funny, even though we differ and have them in different sections here, everything you said is 100% right. Like, there's definitely some concerns there. I even, I think I even mentioned it myself. I maybe he's a guy that doesn't get to that all that power. Like, this is a guy he could be if he makes, and like you mentioned, there's gotta have to overhaul the swing, fix the hitch in the swing, hit the ball, hit the ball in the air more consistently is definitely a huge thing for him. You mentioned the ground ball rates being insanely high like Yandy Diaz high, but um, yeah, I think he could be a 20 homer bat, but definitely needs to make some adjustments. That's for sure. So yeah, I, I agree. Like everything you said, this would be interesting to see how he, he turns out like what type of player he is like a year or two down the road. Cause the talents there, I don't think anybody's questioning. It's like the talent in the profile, but definitely a lot of, a lot of red flags too. I, I definitely see them. I'm not, you know, I'm ignoring them. They're definitely there. So i um, not going to fault you for putting him there. That's definitely legit. I am going to go with a guy, though, that even though he had a kind of a, yeah, okay, so-so debut season uh, compared to all the hype, it might have been a disappointment for some people, but Jason Dominguez is a guy I am 110% selling. Like, in two recent um, mock draft, prospect mock drafts that we were in, uh, first off, the prospect one, uh, the one that, Chris Welsh did for his ADP. Uh, the league I was in, he went pick 17, which is ridiculous. And I've seen him in other top 20s as well. Obviously, the hype was there because of everyone comparing him to all-time great Major League Baseball players. 
Trout, Mantle, Bill Jackson. But I have read – I haven't seen him live yet, obviously. He's been in the low minors. I, I can't see the Yankees' low minors teams. But every, all the video I've watched and the reports I've read from people that have seen Jason Dominguez, they've been, let's just say, less than inspiring. Like, I, the one of my favorites that I read was uh, Eli Fishman, who sees a ton of Yankees prospects up and down the East Coast, wrote one. He basically he put for uh, tool grades 45 hit – 45 speed, 60 power. Like power, I think, could definitely be there. But I agree. Like The speed is – I've been questioning because the body – I just don't like this body. I don't think it's a body that ages well and matures well. Um, he's listed at 5'9", 223 on fall instructs, which is like Willie Calhoun type of build. And I've never been a Willie Calhoun guy. So I don't know how much speed is there. Hit tool is still kind of to be determined. I don't think he's going to be more than – 50 or maybe best case scenario slightly above 50 hits. So what well, was more red flags to me than, you know, than uh, there's promise there for me. So I don't know. I think he still got that top 25 kind of name just because of how long he's been in the, in the kind of the spotlight after being signed in 2019, having those comps. So uh, if you have Jason Dominguez, I think you can get a, still get a pretty penny for him and get a return. That's got less volatility than his profile has. So, definitely go out and sell Jason Dominguez if you have him or not. Don't listen to me. Who cares? But um, I'm selling Jason Dominguez for sure if I have him. I have him in one league. So uh, if anybody's in my league, don't listen to this at all. Um, what we got left? Pitcher. We got there, Jerry, for your sell high pitcher. Or it's just yes. sell pitcher. So this one kind of hurts as a Royals fan. But I picked uh, Asa Lacey, the lefty, the first round pick out of 2020. Um, he, he debuted this year in high. It was a Bit of a uh, bit of a mixed bag. It was a big mixed bag of good and bad. Uh, so he had a 33.3% strikeout rate, but he also walked about seven batters per nine innings. Yeah, and so not good. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of a command and control issue there, but he also was dealing with a shoulder injury um, that shut him down for part of the season. And so his big bounce back was the Arizona Fall League, where he had a 2.35 ERA with 15 strikeouts and seven and two thirds, still walked six batters, but also posted that he touched 100 miles an hour with his fastball. Um, so his, his stuff's electric. It's always been electric. Uh, he's got a 70-grade slider, a 60-grade curveball, and um, and I think a 70-grade fastball. And just watching him in high A, it, it, he's just nasty. And it's all going to come down to command and control if he can figure that out. So he's a guy that I, I would sell now, especially with a helium going up after his fall league performance. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. He kind of reminds me, I know slightly different pitcher, but just like the overall kind of profile and uh, how they've kind of fared. Okay, AJ Puck, electric mm. stuff in the left yeah. side. Got, you know, the velocity, the breaking stuff is there. It's like very intriguing when you watch him. Like you watch Lacey pitch and you get excited. Like you just look at the stuff. But yeah, just that command and control has not been there. Maybe he's a bullpen arm. Who knows? But um, yeah, definitely agree with you there. Chris, who do you got? I'm going to the Evil Empire, New York Yankees, Luis Hill. You know, he had a really solid debut. They got a lot of hype around him. He pitched just 29 innings in the bigs and posted a 307 ERA. But the dude's walk rates are just atrocious. He cannot control a pitch at all. 14.7% in the majors. In AAA last year, 15.1%. Those numbers just aren't going to fly. There's a strong chance that he doesn't stick as a starter. I would almost lean like 90% that he's a bullpen arm, which is fine. But there's a lot of hype around him. I think you can sell. Yeah, he puts up big strikeout numbers. 
got a pretty deadly fastball slider combo. But if he can't command those pitches, then I'm just not really seeing it. I'm definitely not seeing a starter profile here. And I think while he still has some prospect eligibility, there's still some hype now after that. Solid debut, but time to sell. Ship him on out. Get you something of worth because I just don't see this sticking with Luis Hill, especially with the way he controls his pitches. It's just not there. And, you know, I don't, we haven't seen that progress. So I, I have no reason to think that it's going to get better. Yeah. I think he was a bullpen arm long term. I really do. Could be a decent bullpen arm, maybe a seventh, eighth inning guy. But yeah, yeah I, I don't see the, the stuff, the uh, command long term sure. to stick as a starter. And that's a, that's a trend here. Like we kind of, all three guys we're talking about here in our pitcher cells have good stuff. Like the stuff is not qu- questioned at all, but the command and control is. That's so why go out and get yourself some. Guys like Logan Allen, Peyton Battenfield, these types that can actually command their pitches. Maybe, maybe the stuff, I, I think actually, yeah, the stuff is not as good. Like my guy, my Peyton Battenfield buy, his stuff overall is probably not as good as D.L. Hall, who I'm talking about here is myself, but much better command and control, which is huge these days. Something I valued more and more uh, as, as a prospect analyst here. Um, so yeah, I am going to continue this trend and sell D.L. Hall. He's a guy that I've been kind of chirping to sell for a bit now. Like with Lacey, like with Luis Heal, the walk rates just have not been good. Overall, in 2017, 20.4%. That was only in 10 in the third innings, though. 2018 was his best year at 10.7%, which is still not good. Then 2019 jumped to 15.6%. 2021, 12.5%. Overall, 13.3%. The K rate's there. I guess K rate's always been there. K rates well above 30% uh, overall for his career, but just can't locate his pitches. I think he's definitely a bullpen arm. I, I have you know faith in the Orioles overall, but at this point, he is, hasn't shown any improvements in command and control like, at all. Like I said, another guy that has a good pitch mix here, fastball, curveball, changeup primarily as a slider as well. You know, I think the first three are above average or plus offerings, but I think he's a bullpen arm long term. They'll probably give him, you know, a chance to stick, obviously, because of the talent level and you know, how much they've invested in DL Hall. But I think he's a bullpen arm long term. Maybe he's a, a guy that could develop into a closer. Maybe I think that's not out of the realm possibility. Maybe more of a seventh, eighth inning guy. But just don't see the command being there to start. Just just can't throw strikes consistently and command his pitches well enough. So DL Hall is definitely a sell for me. And that's going to wrap us up. Jared, thank you so much for coming on. I'll give you the floor here. Let everybody know what you're working on and whatever else you want to pump up. Yeah, well, I appreciate you all having me on. This is a blast. Um, Yeah, so just, again, you can find a lot of my work on Prospects Live or I do some, uh, like, Jared's Jet Setters for the Dynasty Guru. So this offseason, I'm highlighting, like, two or three prospects in each organization that have the opportunity to take off. Um, And then, yeah, lastly, do a lot of Royals prospect analysis for Royals Farm. And then, of course, uh, Major League University, where we're just sharing stories from players and coaches about baseball, mental health, leadership, uh, finding their identity outside of the game and things like that. Yeah, that's what I've read some of that stuff. That's great. I would highly recommend everybody go check that out as well, in addition to the great work you do in prospects. So kind of a, a dual threat here with the baseball and the mental health. So. Everyone go follow Jared at JaredCP1. And thank you to everyone for listening again this week. We hope you enjoyed it. As I said, follow us all on Twitter. Check out all of Jared's stuff, both on the baseball side and the mental health side. And we'll be back with you again next time for more Fantasy Baseball Talk. But until then, everyone take care.
following is an actor portrayal. With Kindly Assisted Living and Memory Care at Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County, you can anticipate more. But don't take our word for it. My dad moved to Kindly and loved it. His apartment was spacious, sunny, and overlooked Parkland. It was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at Kindly. Enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services, too. Visit kindly at asbury.org today. Equal opportunity housing provider.